For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. It's great to be with you as I'm with you each and every week night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on these very networks. Uh, also uh, coming to you on our digital platforms, whether that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or the award-winning Sirius XM app. Uh, it is great to be with you, and I would be remiss if I didn't welcome to the show our men and women in uniform around the world, uh, listening courtesy of the American Forces Network. This is the world's most uh, distributed soccer show. We are all over the United States. We are all over the world, uh, courtesy of American Forces and, of course, uh, Sirius XM 211 Dan Patrick Sports. This show, we talk about the global game, all aspects of the global game, never afraid to speak the truth, never afraid to say it like it is. If you've known me on the air over the last 20 years, you will know I am no corporate shill. You will know I am no talking point for Major League Soccer. You will know I don't care if I ever get another free sandwich in the press box at an MLS or other sporting event game. So, folks, if I piss off the man, I couldn't care less. Couldn't give a rat's backside, a rodent's rectum. The truth is more important than a free sandwich. Trust me. Well, unless you're very hungry, in which case, maybe. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Let's talk football truth. Let's talk it right here, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Once again, Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. That's where you can find me, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, Monday through Friday. we got a big show today. We are brought to you and presented by our good friends, betonline.ag. Encourage everyone to head over to betonline.ag. It's a great place. You can still make bets. Lots of wonderful sports for you to have fun with. All right, I'm going to step aside, take a break, and we'll be right back to kick it all off right here on Fifth Street Soccer. <laughs> All right, welcome uh, back to the show, Fifth Street Soccer, here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Eber. We are presented by betonline.ag. A pleasure to be with you, as always. An interesting last few days in terms of the U.S. Women's National Team's lawsuit against U.S. soccer. This is the lawsuit that has upended 
the status quo at U.S. soccer, the lawsuit that resulted in the resignation of Carlos Cordero, uh, the lawsuit that has brought uh, untold negative publicity to U.S. soccer. We're, of course, talking about the equal pay lawsuit that was brought by the women's national team against U.S. soccer. And a lawsuit, I, I, I believe, that many people felt sat firmly in the hands of the women's national team and that their position was indeed a strong one. That, despite the protestations of U.S. soccer, who, with various degrees of subtlety and tone deafness, have tried to explain to uh, not just the courts but also the world that the U.S. women's national team uh, negotiated their own collective bargaining agreement, got the terms that they want. Uh, The U.S. soccer was trying to explain that these terms were different different to the terms that the men received, and as a result, uh, the pay packages were not comparable. I'm not saying not comparable, but were not comparable. Uh, That was the argument that U.S. soccer made, an argument that was dismissed by many, including myself, I might add, although I did recognize that the women had a very, very different pay package and pay structure. Look, if you've been listening to this show, you know that I am a staunch supporter of the U.S. women's national team, uh, what they have done for the game here in the United States, and the growth of the women's game globally is really down to the success of the U.S. um, uh, women's national team the high profile of a certain cadre of those women that play it and their desire to uh, spread the popularity of this game, uh, uh, of the women's game uh, globally, and and particularly to a global generation of uh, young girls and women. And look, I think they've done a spectacular job. And, And if you've followed me over the years, you know... Uh, when I got into this business, I had no time for women's soccer. I was the worst form of misogynist when it came to the women's game. Uh, and, and I've really come to appreciate it and come to appreciate what they've done. And and really, uh, they, as an American, and I know I sound English to you, but I am an American. I've been here an awfully long time. I am very proud of these women and what they have done and the example they set, not just for little girls and women and uh, 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 athletes and if just in terms of showing what you can do when you put your mind to it, what you can do through hard work perse- and perseverance. These are also terrific athletes dedicated to their game. So it came as an enormous surprise for many people when the appeals, when the uh, uh, courts accepted U.S. Soccer's submission for summary judgment. In other words, U.S. Soccer said to the courts, uh, and we will have Bob Caldwell from Fox Rothschild on, don't worry, to talk about this in detail, just not today. Bob, of course, being one of the uh, top soccer attorneys here in the country, and the only American ever to attend the UEFA law program, by the way. Um, He's very busy, but we will get him on to talk about this. But they put in a motion for summary judgment, and what that means is you're saying to the court, look, our evidence is so strong for this judge uh, that there's really no point in going to trial. They haven't, they're unable to even prove a basic case against, uh, for what they're trying to, br- to bring. And, in, and as a total shock to everybody, the judge agreed, citing the fact that the women's national team actually made more money than the men during the, quote, qualifying time period. In other words, the time period that the women had mentioned in their action they brought against U.S. soccer. Uh, and, and, of course, that may very well be true, and I, I assume, by the way, if the judge ruled so, that is in fact true. 
But that's largely because the U.S. men absolutely collapsed and never made the World Cup, so they didn't get uh, paid as much based on their per-game bonuses. But then you could say in a circular fashion that that does, in fact, um, support U.S. soccer's position, that the women are paid no matter what they do because they are all on salaries. And yes, they have a per-game bonus and a win bonus and everything else, but, but they are salaried employees of U.S. soccer. The men are not. The men get a per-game bonus. Uh, U.S. soccer also subsidizes uh, much of the professional women's league. The U.S. national team pool players that play in the women's league, uh, U.S. soccer subsidizes their salary payments uh, and some other factors as well, maternity leave, different sort of health insurance. So it's a totally different package, and, and I think we've all recognized that. So the U.S. US soccer uh, may have uh, committed uh, Hari Kiri, or they may have kamikazed themselves uh, and actually uh, won a legal victory. But the long-term victory here is, no, is twofold. Number one, it's a shake-up at U.S. soccer. Unfortunately for me, I don't like the shakeup. I think they've ended up bringing uh, back in more flunkies, more yes men, more uh, more corporate shills into U.S. soccer. Unfortunately, after the departure of Carlos Cadero, uh, but in terms of the public relations battle, the U.S. women have for sure won the public relations battle, and that any future alignment of funds is going to take them into account as equal partners, and they should hopefully not have to fight as hard. But the fact doesn't change that the U.S. women are most likely to be the number one revenue driver for U.S. soccer due to their success on the pitch. So I think, look, it's been a success for the women's team. One has to ask, is there value in them pursuing any sort of appeal over this appeal? Uh, does it make them look bad? Do they need to have a finding from the court that they have been discriminated against and that they haven't been getting equal pay. Do they need that? Is that now part of their identity? If it is, I don't think that's healthy. If they don't get it, and, and, and by the way, I would be surprised if they do, they're going to move on to a court trial in July about uh, conditions. They don't get the same hotel rooms. They don't get the same charter flights. They don't get to play on the same pitches. Although my understanding is a lot of those issues have already been negotiated with U.S. soccer in the new uh, CBA that they had. And again, I'll have Bob Caldwell from Fox Rothschild on, and uh, he can fill us in on the details. But that's my, that, that's my gut feeling on this. Um, uh, do you just want to quit while you're ahead? And I don't mean that in a flippant or, or, or rude way. As you know, I'm a huge supporter of the U.S. women. Or does it look like uh, there's a point where they're just not going to accept what's been given Legally, I'm not talking about financially, and uh, and and move on. I, I I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I'd love to know what you think. Uh, find me on Twitter. I'm at Nick Eber, N I C K G E B E R. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. Once again, this is Fifth Street Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM Two Eleven. Dan Patrick Sports. That is the question, really. At what point does it become? Ooh, I don't even want to use the word because it makes it sound flippant. But I mean sour grapes, really. I, I think the work that the women have done has been extremely important. 
Unfortunately, the destruction of U.S. soccer has not, in my mind, resulted in the emergence of a transparent, fair organization that is um, impartial. That's not what we've seen rise from the ashes. Uh, I had hoped that it would be, but that's not what has come through. In terms of the women, they will continue to su have success on the field. Uh, obviously, no one knows what the situation of this pandemic will be uh, for the professional women's game here in the U.S., how badly that's hurting the league. We will have to find out. Only time will tell. We know Major League Soccer are struggling uh, mightily as a result of this, and of course the concept of playing behind closed doors doesn't help Major League Soccer where 90% of their revenue comes from gate. But that's a topic for another time. I've got to step aside, take a break. This is Fifth Street Soccer. By the way, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. Great to have you with me. Uh, I'm with you every Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. I'll be right back after this. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Fifth Street Soccer presented by betonline.ag. And look, if you're uh, waiting out this pandemic at home and you're listening to this show, and uh, I know you are every day, uh, I thank you for that. Uh, outside of the incredible fun you're going to have uh, listening to this show and participating here at Fifth Street Soccer, you can have a lot of fun as well uh, betting online at betonline.ag. Uh, look, I know there's no NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, Premier League, Bundesliga, Serie A, uh, you name it, Champions League, Europa League, the World Cup qualifying. There's none of that stuff going on right now. And, of course, the Euros postponed as well. Uh, so you may think there's nothing to bet on. But, look, Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino and a huge poker room as well, as well as a blackjack room. Uh, and sports, of course, not totally done. If you consider these a sport, you can do eSports, you can bet on American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, the spelling bee, table tennis, Belarusian Premier League. Uh, of course, they have the $750,000 poker series as well. They're still fun to be had. Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100, uh, betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. Welcome back to the show. It, it really is great to do the show, and, and I hope that you're uh, enjoying it. And I would like to also make an announcement that uh, we're very pleased to announce that uh, we have been renewed by uh, SiriusXM and Dan Patrick Sports for another year. Uh, bringing you entertainment here on Sirius XM 211 and, of course, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network as well. Look, a couple of things happening in the world of football uh, outside of just the, the big, big stories, of course, which is the pandemic response, which is the corruption at, uh, at uh, U.S. soccer, the corruption at FIFA, the shutting down of the Development Academy. I mean, these are all obviously huge stories. First of all, I would like to take this opportunity uh, to express uh, my sadness at the passing of Leeds United legend Norman Hunter, who died at the age of 76 as a result of this insidious uh, coronavirus, uh, uh, coronavirus illness, COVID-19. Uh, he was a member of England's World Cup winning squad of 1996. He won two league titles and an FA Cup with Leeds United, and he did not live to see Leeds United promoted back to the Premier League. 
which is, in my opinion, where they belong. Leeds, one of the, the great clubs of English football. And uh, look, yes, they've gone through a terrible time. The last 20 years or 15 years have been really awful for Leeds United. It's longer than 15 years, actually. Now it's 20 or so. Uh, they had you know, awful ownership that destroyed Leeds. Ellen Road was became um, uh, a commodity that was sold forward into the futures market, basically put the club into bankruptcy. And, and they have tried and uh, to recover and come back, and they are now poised for a return to the Premier League. I think so much is going to depend on what happens with this discussion uh, that the Premier League clubs are having about how they're going to conclude the season. We'll see how that goes. But uh, once again, very sad about passing of Leeds United legend Norman Hunter. Um, a couple of MLS stories sort of percolating out there. One is an interesting tweet that was put out by DeAndre Yled uh, Yedlin, who basically tweeted out that essentially uh, promotion and relegation in Major League Soccer would make it a more serious and competitive league. And look, he played for the Seattle Sounders before he went to Spurs. Um, and he um, went, obviously, for, to Sunderland, to Newcastle, uh, where he is now. A and it's interesting to me because, you know, you've got a guy like Yedlin that stands up and makes this statement. This is a guy that's played in MLS. This is a guy that is as American as they come. He's gone over. He's played in England. He, he gave some really, really interesting insight into his tenure at, uh, at, uh, in England uh, at the start of it. He was depressed. The first six months were very difficult for him. The pressure was almost too much to bear. He, he considered coming back. He said at that point it just wasn't about money anymore. Uh, but after that six-month period, he sort of got over the hurdle and uh, really is enjoying it and enjoying the competition. But his point is well taken. Major League Soccer would make, uh, promotion relegation would make MLS a more serious league. And one of the things that Yedlin says specifically is that um, it, it, it just increases the pressure on every aspect and every game. Every game is a must-win game. And it is interesting to hear some of the response uh, from, the, from Twitter. Robert, uh, Robert Burns, who you may remember being in World Football Daily, uh, says it's an interesting that the article omits his views on understanding the financial implications of it here and why it won't work. And the part about games meaning more, every game matters, question mark, bollocks. Plenty of dead rubbers in games mean more because football means more. It's culture. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure I fully agree with Robert here. I do agree with him, by the way, in the point that financially, given the American model, promotion and relegation today won't work. And, and, and for those in the promotion relegation department who think we just uh, flip a switch and that's it, you come up from uh, uh, USL and you, you go into the Premier League or you go into MLS or, or whatever it is, uh, that is just uh, unrealistic thinking. However, I think there needs to be a pathway to promotion and relegation, and we need to set ourselves on that path. And I'm going to loop this back in to where we are today in the coronavirus crisis, where Major League Soccer is looking at you know, 28 markets that they're in, and outside of those 28 markets, the league has no relevance whatsoever. Unless the league is willing to expand into every single relevant market in the United States, which it may be, I don't know. It's going to be very, very difficult to garner support outside of your local team, which is why, for example, 
the television ratings are so appalling for Major League Soccer because outside of your local market, there is very little interest in the league. A and there shouldn't be, there should be very little interest in the league because where the league sits today, and by the way, MLS uh, fans, please don't get upset with me. I mean, this is the truth. Where the league sits today, it is not a top quality world league. If, I, if I'm not in a market with an MLS team, if I'm not vested in supporting one major league soccer team because they are my local team, Let's say I live in, um, let's say I live in, um, I don't know, I'm come, trying to come up with a, with a city here. St. George, Utah, or Las Vegas. Let's say I live, well, I do actually live in Las Vegas. Say I, I, I live in Las Vegas. There is no Major League Soccer team here in Las Vegas. So where would my allegiances lie? What would drive me to spend two hours out of my day watching a Major League Soccer game on television when I know what I'm watching isn't the best league in the world by a long shot, where I know what I'm watching is second or third-rate professional soccer. And again, no disrespect, the Premier League is the Premier League and the Champions League is the Champions League. Why would I watch the uh, LAFC play um, uh, New York Red Bull when I can watch... Liverpool play Man United or Spurs play Newcastle or, you know, a relegation battle between, say, Norwich and Bournemouth. There's, there's no reason that I would do that uh, because I'm not vested in it. Now, what promotion and relegation does is it says to me, well, maybe you want to be vested in it because Las Vegas Lights, my local USL team, well, you know, if they if they continue on their you know seven game win streak, and it's an example, well, of course, sorry, sorry, Eric Winalda, uh, they could finish top of the champ, top of the U top of the USL Championship, and be promoted to Major League Soccer. Well, then all of a sudden, I get a lot more interested in MLS as a league. And as we come out of this pandemic lockdown, whenever that may be, by the way, uh, MLS has now announced or are expected to announce uh, that there won't be any league games, I believe, until. Uh, sometime around the 30th of June is what I'm hearing, although I, I may be wrong, so you'll forgive me for that. Um, June 8th at the earliest. That is being reported now. MLS now makes reporting from Wednesday official. No games until June the 8th at the minimum. They're going to come back to what? A shortened league? They're going to come back to a shortened league with no TV ratings. No one outside of those markets are vested. Look, the ones that I really feel bad for uh, is, for example, uh, the guys at uh, Inter Miami. A brand new franchise just set up, just starting. You know, don't get to play. And, of course, MLS right now asking their players to take up to a 50% pay cut. A and uh, I will say this. I feel very bad for the MLS players because they, they don't make nearly as much on average as players in, in big, uh, in other world leagues that are, you know, in very rich countries. But, um, you know, what MLS has done is said, no one under 100,000 will be cut. Uh, the base that you could be cut to is 100,000. That's kind of the baseline. And, and so that's good. And they're hoping to save 150 million. But then I'm thinking to myself, this is a league that is taking an overinflated rate of $300 plus million to add a new franchise. Are you telling me that you're going to put this much burden on the players? Maybe you should make that pay cut a little less than 50%. Maybe you should make that cut pay cut 10% or 15% because they're not the highest paid players anyway. I'm not being super critical of MLS about this, by the way, because they've got to do what they've got to do. 
And I do agree, as again, with Robert Burns, that the current financial reality is such that it is unlikely that um, promotion relegations financially is going to work. But once again, we do need to get to the pathway of promotion and relegation. And you need to get to the pathway of listening to this show Monday through Friday, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM 211 Dan Patrick Sports, Fifth Street Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag. By the way, you can also find us on our digital platform, so that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app, and as well, of course, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening, courtesy of the American Forces Network. It is such a great pleasure and privilege uh, to speak with our servicemen and women uh, as we do on this show. You can find me on Twitter at Nick Eber. Love to know what you think. Look, uh, everyone knows I'm an MLS. Uh, I am a, a critic of Major League Soccer. I don't like the league. It doesn't compel me. I don't really watch it. I do follow it, obviously, because I do the show. But look, talk to me. Uh, this isn't a one-sided conversation. Everybody has opinions, and a lot of the times your opinions are very, very valid. Love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. We'll be right back with more. After this, on Fist Free Soccer, presented by BetOnline.ag. All right, uh, welcome back to the show. Fist Street Soccer, brought to you by BetOnline. And look, while you're waiting this pandemic out at home with us, uh, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. Look, I know there's no NBA, NHL, MLB. I mean, good Lord, there's no Premier League. There's no Serie A, La Liga. We may talk about the Bundesliga, but you may think there's nothing on. But BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino, which has both poker and blackjack. But it's not just that. There's eSports, American Idol. There's Big Brother, the elections, Spelling Bee, and, of course, their big... $75,000 poker series. There's still fun to be had. Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that's betonline.ag, use promo code MYPOD100, betonline.ag, your online wagering experts. All right, well, welcome back to the show for Street Soccer. Nick Eber with you here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Uh, one of our favorite and most popular guests on this show is a good friend of mine. He is uh, just about America's top football attorney, now with Fox Rothschild, my good friend Bob Caldwell. Uh, Bob, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, of course, with this uh, lockdown and everything else that's going on. Uh, why don't we start with the lockdown, Bob? W what does this actually mean in terms of dollars, pounds, euros to the big European clubs? Well, Nick, first of all, thanks for having me back. It's, uh, it's, it's great to be with you and to talk to your guests again. Um, you know, this is to some degree a, a, a multifaceted if, a situation. People want to get back to sports because they want to have uh, an outlet from lockdown. They want to be able to see some, some live content on television that brings some semblance of normalcy. Uh, but it's also uh, a health issue and it's a financial issue. So uh, let's start with the finances and the, and the reason why most of the leagues are trying really hard to, uh, to get back to play as soon as possible. 
Um, let, let, let's start on the small level. Let's let's look at the EPL. Let's look at a club like Burnley. Burnley, uh, some of their folks came out recently and said that if the rest of the season was canceled, that would cost them about $62.5 million in, uh, in, lost, uh, in lost income. Not just lost income, but money that they might have to give back. Wow. And in Burnley's case, that would consist of about $56 million in broadcast revenue and about uh, about six and a quarter million in live game day revenue. That's people buying tickets, that's uh, people buying concessions, all the things that are associated with game day revenue. So that's just a small club like Burnley, which you know has a nice stadium, but it's not huge. Uh, when you look at it for um, a, a, another team, let's go to Germany for a second. Red Bull Leipzig, RB Leipzig estimates that just the cost of continuing the season with ghost games would cost uh, for the rest of this season and, and the start of next season, basically for 2020, they estimate that would cost about 55 million US. And that's not including lost uh, television revenue, that's just gate revenue. So there's huge numbers. When we look at this from a, a league-wide level, England, the EPL estimates that it will lose about $1.25 billion if the season is canceled. And that would include having to repay a, a little bit more than $950 million to the television broadcasters if they don't, uh, if they're not able to finish the league. The numbers are similar in other countries. In Spain, uh, it would be about $1.08 billion including uh here's the thing it's not just if we can find a way to do things uh behind closed doors it'd be 108 billion if the season was canceled but even if in spain they were able to complete the season they'd still estimate uh about 380 million that would be lost revenue just behind closed doors so we're we're, we're facing an existential threat uh, uh a threat to the future of professional football because of this particular pandemic. And I think when we keep that in mind, we see why some of the leagues have really been trying hard to find a way to get back to playing as soon as possible. Well, certainly, Bob, it would seem that behind closed doors will mitigate certainly the broadcast portion of the potential losses because they will, of course, provide uh, live games for their broadcast partners. And I would imagine in turn their broadcast partners will find the uh, scarcity of the sports landscape out there that they have a virtual monopoly lock on the sports television watcher. So it could benefit both sides, which, and I agree with you, it certainly seems, particularly UEFA, pushing very, very hard to let the, all the domestic leagues complete. It seems like they're taking all of their UEFA tournaments and making them second and uh, third priority, clearly, as we saw with uh, Euro 2020 getting pushed to 2021. Uh, the statements they've made, particularly about the Europa League, that they just may not finish it, period. Some discussion about the Champions League. You know, Bob, I have to believe the Champions League will actually not get finished this year uh, because they were not at the point in the Champions League where I think you could say there was one dominant team that was likely to win it. And I think it may be the Champions League, the Europa League, maybe the two easiest tournaments to cancel. What do you think? Well, I think the Europa League and the Champions League probably need to be looked at separately. Um, for obvious reasons, the money really is at the Champions League level. There would be tremendous logistical problems with trying to get the league, uh, the Champions League back up and running. You look at 
uh, PSG is still in the race, right? So yep. uh, we've just yep. had the, the one of the, the highest officials in France came out yesterday and said that whether ghost games or not, there's not going to be professional sports before September 1 in France. And so UEFA has looked at August and kind of earmarked that month as possible resumption of Champions League. But what happens if some of the teams that are still in the competition are being banned from training, banned from um, from playing? Could they find an alternate solution? Could PSG move to uh, a different location outside of France to try to, you know, be able to, comp- to at least get ready to play Champions League? But as many reasons as there are not to do it, there are, in UEFA's case, 1.1 billion reasons to try to finish the season in August. Yeah. And I think anytime you have that many reasons to try to do something, people will at least be creative in trying to find a solution. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. Uh, but, you know, if we look back, uh, I, I know you are, Bob, uh, and by the way, uh, Nick Eber here, uh, Mystery Soccer, talking to Bob Caldwell, uh, one of America's top soccer attorneys, uh, currently with Fox Rothschild, and uh, it's great to have Bob on. Uh, Bob, uh, I, I know you're very connected in Germany. Tell me, uh, how is this training situation going in Germany? Because they had originally slated May 9th as a, as a restart date. Well, in, in Germany, we've talked about you know some financial issues. It's particularly dire in Germany. So let me back up and do just a little bit of context. In uh, in England, you've got the ability for a rich person to own a club, right? You yeah. can have billionaires and, and, and oil barons and all sorts of really, really rich people that own a club. And you know what? If they lose a little bit of money, things will probably still be okay. In Germany, we've talked about this before, Nick, there's a, a rule in place called the 50 plus one rule in Germany, which means that clubs have to be owned by members, normal people, fans, if you will, 50% plus one share of the club has to be owned by normal everyday fans. And what that means is there aren't as many of these clubs that are, that are funded by rich guys and they're in very dependent on annual revenue. Um, They're, they're dependent on gate revenue. They're dependent on broadcast revenue. And there was a, a publication that came out about a week ago that said, uh, there's 18 clubs in the in the Bundesliga. There's 18 in the second Bundesliga. And of those 36 clubs, 12 of those clubs have apparently pledged the last TV rights payment that's due to their creditors. There is a threat that if the season did not continue, that maybe one third of the professional clubs at the first two levels could have uh, serious problems, could be insolvent, could go bye-bye. And so in Germany, um, not only do they have financial reasons to try to complete the season, but they do have an opportunity. Um, As far as as different regions of the world are considered, Germany's considered to have handled coronavirus pretty well. Things aren't as bad there. There's an abundance of testing compared to other countries. And the outbreak has been relatively well managed. So uh, about... uh, I think about three or four weeks ago, probably three weeks ago, Bundesliga teams got to start training again, but they could only do that if they were able to respect social distancing. So I spoke to a player that uh, is with one of the Bundesliga clubs 
and he told me that his normal day is, is very different. They train in groups of no more than eight players, and they spread out. So there's one group that takes up the locker room, for example. Uh, there's one group that's changing in the away locker room. There's people that are spread out in the coach's locker room, the referee's locker room, even in the doping control room. And so some guys decide that they want to shower at home. They change at home. They just come in, change the, into their shoes, into their boots, and get on with work and then go home. But in the last, uh, in the last couple of weeks, they've not been able to train normally. In the first two weeks, it was basically just fitness and individual technical skills. Then it moved on to passing, shooting, uh, fitness is, is certainly back up to, to par where it should be, but they still, as of today, are not able to have any kind of one-on-one -on -one training, no tackling, certainly no scrimmages yet. And the guys say that they really think they need two full weeks of training one-on-one -on -one before they're going to be able to get back to playing games again. So, Bob, I mean, there's no way realistically that the Bundesliga is going to come back before middle of May on that basis. Um, and, and I don't know, how many games are left? Is it is it nine? Yeah, that sounds right. I don't have it in front of me, Nick, but um, it's about a quarter of the season, so that would be about right. About a quarter of the season left. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, they've got nine games to play, very similar to all the other leagues in Europe at this point, really. Um they're going to have to get the players in shape and then in some sort of game shape. And I know there's been discussion, and Bob, we only have about 90 seconds left. Uh, do you think this, uh, this suggestion that they allow five substitutions uh, for the remaining games will uh, alleviate some of the potential physical strain on players who are not match fit? Well, all the clubs are looking at ways to be able to, to change and, and survive the uh, the possibility of playing the rest of the season. So uh, having additional substitutions, as long as they don't horribly affect game flow, might be a good thing. I can tell you that with uh, one club that I represent, they've got a lot of their top prospects at U19 and U23 that have uh, also resumed training because there's a threat that what happens, even if you're segregating into, say, three or four groups, what happens if one of those groups comes down with coronavirus and has to get segregated? Right. You may suddenly need some of those U19 and U23 guys to come in, at least to sit on the bench, just to be able to finish your season. Uh, absolutely true. All right, I'm talking with a Bob Caldwell, one of America's top soccer attorneys with Fox Rothschild. I'm going to step aside, take a break, and I'll be right back with more here on Fifth Street Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. Don't go anywhere. Back to Street Soccer, Nick Evil with you. We are presented by BetOnline.ag. It's great to be with you. We're with you every Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also live on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. And look, if you've missed any part of the show, never fear, my friends. You can find it. Our podcast is made available immediately upon the conclusion of the show, and you can find us at the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V, 
the Believe Podcast Network. A funny song, that, Sham69. Of course, hurry up, Harry. Uh, only funny because, well, <laughs> no one's going to be going down the pub till at least 2021, according to the uh, UK government. That is the latest that I have heard the pubs are slated to remain closed for that long. Look, I hope you enjoyed the discussion. And uh, that's what this show is about. It's about opinions and discussions. And uh, look, everybody has a passion and an opinion that they believe about, something that they believe in passionately. And this is the show for that because football and, well, uh, quite frankly, any sport, they're all about emotion and passion. Love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. That's at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Uh, very important that you uh, communicate with me so that you give me lots of topics to talk about because, of course, while we are uh, slightly slower in terms of the live sports these days, and that's an understatement, uh, it's the stories around the sport, the continuing drama, the soap opera that make it oh so fun to talk about. All right, uh, Believe Podcast Network, that's where you will find me, uh, B-L-E-A-V. Right after the show, you can download this show, you can download all our past shows, and you can sign up so you'll be notified every time we post a new show. But we do hope you'll join us live on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM211, Dan Patrick Sports. I want to thank everyone involved with this show for putting it out there. Look, we all have to show up and work under trying circumstances, or stay at home and work under trying circumstances. But I want you to stay safe at home. Don't be stupid. Stay away from this boogeyman, all right? And we'll get through this together. Till tomorrow, cheers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.